Hello there. Before we jump into this episode, let me put out a disclaimer and a note on the content. This episode is related to trauma and abuse, which should not be child-friendly. So if you listen to this podcast with your young ones, consider listening to it on your own at this time. It contains very sensitive information, and I would advise listener discretion. I would also be a mess if I don't first acknowledge and remember the brave men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice of their lives for the freedom that we enjoy today. To their families, thank you. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Now let's get back to digging deep for treasures. Are you going through a tough situation right now? Do you feel you have the support you need, or do you feel like you are going through it alone? That feeling of abandonment and of being alone in your struggle? I have been there, and every now and then, that feeling revisits me. You see, for the past two years, I have been taking care of my 95-year-old dad full-time at home and keeping an eye on my older brother, who is in a nursing home. Taking care of someone 24-7, especially your family, is a big blessing and opportunity. But it can also be difficult when you are doing it by yourself and hardly have help. However, though I felt let down and abandoned by people, I have never felt abandoned by God. He always showed up and continues to show up daily. Even during those times when all I could do was cry out to him, like when I couldn't see my brother who was admitted to the intensive care unit, or be by my daughter's side when she had an unexpected C-section delivering our first grandchild. Though I felt helpless and longed to be by my brother's and my daughter's side to support them, God gave me those opportunities to know Him more, trust Him more, and be more in awe of Him. God showed me in His faithfulness and the truth in His promise that He would never leave me nor forsake me. In His perfect timing, He showed me that He is in control and that though I could not be there, He was. And He always is. He is Yahweh Shammah. The Lord is there. And He gave me His peace. My guest today knows how it feels to be alone and lonely in the most difficult times of her life. Angie Bowman is the author of two Bible studies, host of the weekly Steady On podcast, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. She serves as an intern on Kathy Lipp's ministry team and an academy mentor for Flourish Writers. I hope you will stay tuned and be blessed. Welcome to Digging Deep for Treasures podcast. This is your host, Cecile Valoria, a Christian author and a retired teacher. This podcast is to encourage women to grow in their faith and harness the power of the Holy Spirit as we unearth scriptural truths so that we can live a peace-filled life in this fear-prone world. 
Now sit back, relax, and let's dig deep for treasures from His Word. Angie, I am so thankful to have you here with me today. Cecile, um, thank you so much for having me. I cut you off already. This is going to be, <laughs> you can't stop me from talking and we just began. And that's good, Angie, because that tells me that you are my friend. I'm ready. Right? <laughs> and like what I said, I am so thankful that you are here with me today. I am so blessed to have really had a chance to get to know you a little bit better. I know that it was not a coincidence because God always has plans for us. And this is one of them. So I, thank yes, you. I wholeheartedly agree. I just adore you. So thank you for having oh, me on. Well, thank you. I think the feeling is mutual, right? To begin with, let's go ahead and have you share with us what you want us to know about you. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, here, you know, here are the facts, nothing but the facts, right? So I live in Southern Illinois, uh, deep Southern Illinois, about six hours south of Chicago, closer to St. Louis, Missouri. With my husband, Matt, we've been married, it'll be 24 years coming up here in just a little bit. And we have two sons, Alex is 17, he's about to graduate from high school. And Josh is 12. He's finishing up sixth grade right now. And my husband is in higher ed. He's an administrator in higher education. We live in a lovely university town. I love it here. And um, I am a pastor and a Bible teacher. And my ministry is called Steady On, which is based on Psalm 40, verse 2, which is kind of my life verse, which says, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And so as I'm sure we'll get into momentarily, the one thing that I desire most in my life is peace and steadiness. It is often elusive to me, but it is what he offers me when I uh, posture myself to receive it, right? Exactly. Yes. So yes, tell us about Steady On. I know it's not only the name, but it's a podcast also. It is. Yeah. Both yes. of those things. So steady on kind of, I always say that steady on sort of has two elements to it. We have a take it in element, which is what I do as I teach Bible studies. I have a, a Bible study method called step-by-step step where we focus on one verse of scripture and then we camp on one word to find life application. And then the podcast is kind of the live it out where we listen to people share testimonies, life experience on how they are living into God's promises uh, the tagline for the podcast is where God's hard truth meets our hard stories, because so often um, I think other people's stories of redemption and um, and a peace that passes understanding, if you will, can really give us hope in our seasons and circumstances, too, that are difficult. Yes, yes, that's very true. And I know that you do your online Bible studies as well. so. How do we get uh, to join that? Yes, yes. So we do live on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Time. We do a verse of scripture on the Steady On Facebook page. So that's one way. And Cecile, if it's all right with you, I will give you a link that you can put in your show notes and all of this stuff it will be attached in one link so they can find anything. Your listener can find anything that he or she may be looking for. But yeah, so that's it on, on Tuesday nights. But then also my weekly newsletter has uh, the study guide. So we, I, I drop the, the Bible study 
the live, you know, the replay or whatever mm-hmm. the video for it in the newsletter, along with a study guide that goes with that verse for the week. And so those who get my weekly newsletter, get a little bit of encouragement. They get a link for the podcast, they get the study resources. And so, and that link that's in your show notes, will take them to how they can get that as well. I do put every link awesome. um, to my guest on my show notes so that everyone can find you. So have you always wanted to be a pastor? Well, that's a great question. Nobody ever asked me that question. So I was called in ministry into pastoral ministry when I was eight years old, which a lot of times sounds very interesting to people, but it's absolutely true. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, It was uh, after a church camp experience where in my young, very young faith, Cecile, I asked God to reveal himself to me in a way that was tangible. And I, you know, as I've matured in my faith, I, I understand that I don't, need to ask God those kind of things anymore. But I also know that God honors the heart that honors him. Right. And so in my youth and my immaturity, I knew he loved me, but I, I, I wanted something anyway. So, uh, and he did, he very personally revealed himself in a way that I could understand. And he still does that to me, but it's, it's different now. Right. You know, but, um, but in that revelation, I remember (laughs) so funny because uh, I was, ar- I had already given my heart to the Lord when I was five years old. I I've never wow. uh, not understood that Jesus was with me. Like I had, I just yeah. have no memory of not knowing that he was with me. And so I'd already given my heart to the Lord and at this church camp experience, and I had already been feeling the stirring. I had experienced kind of that revelation, that calling, if you will, I was eight uh-huh. years old. And one night at the church camp experience, they invited people to give their heart to Jesus uh-huh. And people, some of the kids were getting up and going forward to the altar, you know, to pray with other adults that were there and give their heart to Jesus. And I remember having this feeling of wanting, needing to go forward, except for like, I like to follow the rules and the rules yes. were you were to come forward if you were to give your heart to Jesus. But I knew that I'd already <laughs> given my heart to Jesus. And so, but I, um, but I got up anyway, uh, and I went to the altar and they prayed over me as I, if I had just given my heart to Jesus. But in fact, at that young tender age, I was surrendering my heart to the Lord for ministry for, for, for my life. And, um, wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting because when I was a teenager and we can get into this a little bit more, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor. And so I moved around a lot. My dad was an itinerant pastor, actually. And so we moved quite on uh, quite often. And when I was um, that, which left me pretty like vulnerable, the more that we moved, the more that I got maybe um, not less, well, maybe less trusting of people. It just left me without roots. Uh, We did not really have a strong family union. I didn't have strong extended family. I didn't have sort of like lifelong friends that sort of, you know, I carried with me for several years. Every couple of years I was moving different Mm -hmm. schools and all that. And so for me in my personality, that left me pretty vulnerable. And there was a predator at the high school that I taught. One of the teachers had a history, I would learn later, of seducing young girls that were his students. Uh, That's what he did to me. Uh, I was in a relationship with him for nine months. And then when that ended, it ended very publicly with police reports and newspapers and uh, public rallies and some different things. And, um, and, and, and the, the town that he was a part in, I've since learned how, how people like this work. And so it wasn't only me that he groomed, it was the whole community. And so when it, when it was public, uh, they didn't believe me or they chose not to believe me anyway. Mm -hmm. And they believed his story. And, uh, I was, I was just very, very much alone. Uh, I, I I did not have a strong family support. 
I, I had been a good, a good abuser. That's not the right way to say that, but he, he or she isolates you from your yeah. relationship. Oh, yeah. Right. And so I had given up friendships and, uh, and my faith community, uh, wasn't supportive. And so mm-hmm. I left, uh, after I graduated and went to college very, very much alone. That was about nine years after that sort of give my heart to the Lord time at the church yeah. camp experience. And I had planned still up until that time really to pursue ministry somehow. I didn't exactly know what that Uh would look like for me yet. But after that, I just went through a period of time where I stayed in church and I, I really, I still wanted to be close to Jesus, but I believed this is the enemy. This isn't true, but I believed I was damaged goods like no, no longer worthy of the call on my, like I, some, something, my behavior had negated that call on my life. And so I went a very different direction. I studied business in college and, and it wasn't until I was about 28 years old Mm -hmm. that I walked away from a promising career in higher education because the Lord just re he continued to, and I could several times in that gap of time when mm-hmm. I had decided, no, I, he recalled me multiple times and I just wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. And, um, it took me a long time, but that was, I've been uh, in local church ministry now, eight, 18 years. This is my 19th year, I think in local church ministry. And so it, it took, it was a windy road, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but when he calls us to something, uh, he relentlessly pursues us in that calling. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I love how he does that. Mm-hmm. He never gives up on us. Yeah. When he calls us, he just keeps going mm-hmm. until we say, yes, I'm ready. Yeah. Or yes, I'm not ready, but I'm giving my heart to you. Yeah. And, and, and I continue to, you know, when I finally surrendered to uh, ministry in the form that it takes me in, and I just want to put a little asterisk by that, because we are all called to ministry. You do not yes. have to be a local church pastor to be called into ministry. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that because yes. I was, I was leading youth group. I was leading worship. I was teaching Sunday school. I was leading Bible studies mm-hmm. and I was trying to do everything, but the thing, you know, that he was yes. sort of calling yes. me to. And yes. so, but the closer I got to him in my service, uh-huh. the more this stood in the way of my relationship with him, because I yeah. knew I heard him uh, and he knew I heard him and yeah. um, he really wanted to, he has used so much of what I've been able to experience in local church ministry to help heal some of the wounds yeah. that I really had. I just wanted to push it away. Yeah. Yeah. And you could understand also how difficult that was for you. Um, to go through this and feeling the loneliness, feeling not being heard and feeling that you were doing this on your own. So that even if you hear the Lord calling you and yet there is that vacuum right there, sometimes we we don't have that strength to just say, okay, I'm going to take that leap yeah, yeah. of faith. I, I was just in Isaiah chapter six. You might be familiar with the passage, uh-huh. where I, right? When, where Isaiah is called 
And, you know, the first thing he is, is afraid I'm in the presence of the Lord and I am unclean. Like my lips Mm -hmm. are unclean, Mm -hmm. you know, and the angel uh, takes a hot coal, right. And puts it against Uh Isaiah's lips uh, and and purifies him that way, you know, if you will. And the Bible doesn't say specifically, I can't, I can't quote it right now. Exactly. It doesn't say specifically, but I was camped on that passage just a day or two ago in my, and just in my morning, you know, time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I thought about how painful that must have been right. Like that, like that searing, that, that hot coal on his face. I mean, our lips are so tender, right? Like, and, and yet how it was as much for Isaiah to believe that he had been cleansed as it was for the Lord. The Lord had called him before that objection. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And so I don't know, there was something about it that I probably haven't quite figured out yet, but there was something very personal to me in that because some of the the pain and sort of the longevity, the the painful process of some of the healing I've experienced, and I'm not by any means have arrived, but some of that process that has helped me heal has been very painful. But the, I think that the slowness that that yes. has happened and some of the painful places that that has taken me, it's, it's for me. It's yes. for me because yes. he, he called me when I was eight and yes, he knew exactly. my life. Right. Like yes. he knew what my life was and he yeah. knew my heart towards him. And, um, and so there's so much of it. I think the, the story of redemption is for us to, to have time to trust him more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you mentioned Isaiah six, what came to my mind was also the story of, of Samuel and mm-hmm. Eli. Yes. And how the Lord called him and yet he didn't know it was right. the Lord calling him because at that time he didn't know who the Lord was. Right. And yet Eli directed him to say, speak, Lord. You yes. know, the next time he calls you, it's not me calling you, but it's the Lord calling you. Speak, Lord. I am listening. And you know what else I love about that story too, Cecile, is that even though Eli was not live like his house came down, right? Like he did, yes, he was, yes. not, uh, uh-huh. but he knew the Lord's voice. Yes, and I think there's something in that too. Cause even when we wander, even when yes. we're not living by, if we have ever known the Lord's voice, we know the Lord's voice. And I think yes. there's something powerful about that too. And so even in my years of wandering, if you will, uh-huh. and, and again, uh-huh. I stayed in church in the early years after that happened, I made some pretty bad behavior decisions, uh, you know, in my pain. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, I don't have, you know, this like deep background of like a lot of mm-hmm. trouble necessarily. My trouble was internal. I'll say it that way. Right. Yes. But my, my years of wandering and squandering my inheritance look a lot more than uh, at the older brother than the younger brother in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, yeah. but in the, in the prodigal son story, but, um, but no less squandered, but even in those years of wandering, uh, I knew his voice. I never didn't know his voice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Going back to knowing his voice, I really am so amazed by how God called you and made you know at a very tender age that he was calling you. And like what you said, he knew what the future was, but he gave you that because he knew Exactly how you would be reacting Mm -hmm. after everything that you go through. And he knew that you needed this knowledge of him 
is it Isaiah 43 that says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Do I have yes. the right idea? And I think of that verse and I think of that little girl at the altar, eight years old, thinking she might've been breaking the rules, but having this yes. like immensely personal experience with her Lord and savior. And there are days that I think, you know, in some of those darker days when I did make destructive behavior choices and did even give thoughts to hurting myself or ending my life, I will not mm-hmm. deny that. Yeah. Uh, somehow I knew that wasn't mine to take. I, yes. I had been stamped by something mm-hmm. else and it wasn't mine. Um, I had to live out this life because it wasn't mine. I don't know if I'm yes. saying that well, but yes. like I was, yes, his. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was his giving you that eight year old thing. Yeah. 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 And, um, amazingly, I mean, I also knew at eight years old, not that I was called, but I knew at eight years old that I had anxiety disorder. Mm. So I walked through this whole time with the Lord you know, especially after high school, when I gave my life to him. So that span of time. And yet, even when I was told that I had anxiety disorder at eight years old, my parents' faith, I knew Jesus then. I knew God then. But I did not have that personal relationship with him. But I knew him. I knew that he with someone I could trust my life with. My parents' faith was the one that kind of saw me through the whole thing until I found my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's like what I said. I am so amazed at how he puts our lives together and exactly knows what we need for us to be able to see the road to where he's leading us to. And so with all this, I know you talked about the revelations that he gave you before and after having walked with him, how it has changed. And I know I remember one thing that we have in common is that we have been trained with Precept Ministries. Yes. And I know that they talk about progressive revelation. Do you want to expand on that and your life with Progressive Ministries? Yeah. So, and and you just fill in here. So, because I, it's been a little while since I was trained, but for me, I think it's like an unfolding. If, yes. You know, right. Exactly. It's, so there's this little understanding at one point in our life, mm-hmm. right? And then we move on a little point in our life or in our study and whatever the case may be. And then there's another little understanding that makes the first understanding get a little bit bigger and a little bit closer. And then we have another, I call them spiritual markers, like the spiritual markers, but then there becomes this arch in the spirit uh, arc, maybe in the spiritual markers, right? Where they begin to sort of like weave together, link together until you kind of, then something happens and there's this, like, it all comes together in this unfolding where you're like, I've always known that. And I didn't know till right now I knew it. Right. Yes. There's just like, it's yes. just, I, it, I think it's like a provenient grace. That's like the, it's yes. a United Methodist term, probably like of, a, <laughs> of the John Wesley provenient grace, I think. Uh, but it's that grace that goes before, mm-hmm. you know, the grace that, uh, that calls us when we are unable to even know the voice or know how to respond or know what responding means. But over time 
through little acts of trusting him and him revealing himself to us, then we get to a point where we are willing to take risks, sometimes big risks, because we're Uh like, oh no, if he's calling me to it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So that, I guess that's my way of explaining that. What, how, how would you do it differently? Maybe you explained it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. God progressively reveals himself to us as we take on more and more of trusting him. As we step forward in faith in him, I think he reveals to us. And with that revelation also, he increases our delighting in him. Yes. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I can't think of the reference right now. I was just in it. It might be Isaiah also, but blessed is the man whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in the Lord. I'm not sure I'm saying it quite right, but uh, yeah, I love that one too, because, you know, again, our mind stays steady and we have peace and the abundance of joy and life that Christ offers us uh, to the degree that we put our trust in him. Yes. Because when we try to trust ourselves or the world, it is a hot mess. Yes, it is. (laughs) And we always, we always tend to go that way right it's scary yeah. and shaky uh, he but he is not either of those things yeah yeah and that's what Angie and I were talking about earlier before we even did this recording is I have been going through so much lately and yet God has given me peace and the strength to keep on going we talked about how difficult it would have been if we didn't have Jesus in us, right? if we didn't have him in our yeah. lives. Yeah. So Angie, going back to that and talking about what you've gone through, I'm sure that throughout this, in your loneliness, in, in all this, in your feeling of being alone, you must have also been very fearful. Can you talk about that? Yeah, and, and what helped you? Yes, I will talk about that. I have I have always been afraid of not being enough, uh, even even before that happened to me. But of course, then it took on this huge uh, exponential fear, if you will, mm-hmm. fear of being rejected, uh, fear mm-hmm. of not being valuable. The enemy's favorite thing to whisper in my ear because it works so well for him is, "Don't forget, you'll never belong anywhere." which uh, is a fear of trusting people, a fear of trusting community. Um, I do know I have confidence that I always belong with my father. Now, I haven't always believed that, but I do know that now. But I do still really struggle sometimes to trust people and trust community Mm -hmm. because of some of my past experiences. But I will say what helped that in the early years is not necessarily a positive thing because I turned to the worldly answer of productivity and Mm -hmm. busyness and perfectionism. Uh And because if I could be perfect, then I could be good enough. And, you know, and I, on one hand, like, I'm so grateful for my, I have a deep, like loyalty to excellence, if you will, like I do, if I take something on, like, I want to do a very good job. And I think that's a worth a worthy quality. Yes. Like, and, and uh-huh. you know, when I work for the, like, whatever I do, I want to work for the Lord. And, you know, I mean, and, yes. and I do take that seriously. However, when I get afraid, I tend to fall into 
this, like my productivity defines me or uh-huh. chasing a perfectionism standard that cannot be uh-huh. reached, you know? And so on one hand, while it has served me well in some years of brokenness, it also can accentuate sometimes the brokenness when it reveals its ugly head. So it's a, it's a messy answer, but I think a lot of times our fear and what we do to speak to that fear is pretty messy, actually. And I can understand and can relate with you in terms of perfectionism, because I was there too. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a nonprofit and used to deliver flowers until the pandemic hit. Yeah. I used to deliver flowers to convalescent hospitals to patients just to brighten their day. And when I had volunteers, like elementary school kids who volunteered to help me put together flower arrangements, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not going the way that they should. You know, the flowers are supposed to be this way. And and God caught me in that and just said, you know what? Flowers are from me. Yeah. Flowers will speak their language. They're already beautiful because I created them. Yeah. Let them be. And that kind of took away a little bit of that perfectionism mm-hmm. yeah. in me. Yeah. And I understand the fear and how, you know, perfectionism plays into our fears. Yes. Because we want to, with our own efforts, try to create conditions where we are able to let go of that fear or to be assured that we are doing well. Right. And, 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 and have some sort of control, right. I mean, ultimately, right. Isn't it about some, and so I think the thing, like we think that the perfection will sort of overlay the fear, but Uh the reality is the promises of God will overlay the fear. And so I think it's just really important for me to remember when I feel that, when I feel that anxiety rising, when I feel that need to perform, when I feel that need to perfect, whatever that is, can I catch myself and say, what's really going on here? There's something going on. You are nervous. You're scared. You're, uh, you're feeling out of control. And so how do you recenter yourself and Mm -hmm. remember some of the things we just said, right? Like I know his voice and he knows my name and you know, those things that he will never leave nor forsake me that his love is everlasting, that he steadies me, you know, those kind of promises that we can pull on and then we can confess that, yes, I'm looking to something other than you to satisfy me. Yeah. And you also mentioned about God being with you in our earlier conversation. I think that his presence is what assures us that we will walk through the valley of fear, the valley of whatever we are going through just knowing that he is there with us. Like you said, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Right. So you have mentioned several verses there, several scriptural verses. What is one verse you cling on when you are fearful? Yeah. And what has that done? Uh, there, there are so many. I, I yes. go back to Psalm 40, verse two, about him steadying uh-huh. me is, is one that I, that I think of a lot. That is just a theme uh-huh. verse for me. 
Psalm 40, like one to three, where it talks about how he lifted me out of the miry clay and he put a new song in my mouth and many yes. will uh, fear the Lord, or, you know, it be in awe of the Lord because of my uh-huh. testimony. I'm not quoting it exactly, but um, those are really important verses for me. Um, there's, uh, there's a verse uh, it's in Mark nine that talks about, uh, there was, there's a man that comes, his child is needing healing. And he says, I do believe help me in my unbelief. There's such yes. a, yes. there's such an honesty in that, that I yes. love so much because uh-huh. it reminds me that even in the presence of Jesus, even in the very, at the feet of Jesus <laughs> makes me emotional. Even at the feet of Jesus, there will be a part of me that resists being all yes. in. And he yes. knows that. He knows, and it's okay. It's okay to just be honest with him and say, um, I believe you help me in the places that I still struggle to believe you. There's just such an acceptance there. So, um, that's another powerful passage for me also. And I know I've prayed that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think all of us go through those times where all we're holding to is the knowledge that Jesus has all power that he can do everything that we find impossible. Yeah. And Lord, just help us to believe and to hold on to that belief. Yeah. I love in Lamentations 3, where it talks about his mercies are new every morning. I, for me, I like to change the word and say every moment, his mercies are new every moment on days. (laughs) I need that to be true. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I love that one. I love Habakkuk 3, 17, where the prophet Habakkuk is looking over the the fields and the Uh vines and the trees Uh and says, you know, the cattle are empty. The trees aren't budding yet. I will rejoice. And it reminds me uh, to find something to praise him for, because there is always something to praise him for. Um, Yes. Yeah. And I I love that sentiment as well, uh, that reminder as well, because we can find him, you know, just like you were saying, like with the flowers, with those kiddos, right? Like you have a choice. We have a choice in those kind of moments. Uh Do we focus on the beauty of the creation and the presence of the Lord? Or do we focus on what isn't going our way? We have that choice. Uh-huh. So many times in every single day of our life, what will yes. we choose? What will yes. we choose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is so neat that God gives us choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we choose him, it is more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what he and, wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can relate to the moment by moment. <laughs> Because you, you're remember, not going to yell at me for like change. It's the Angie version of the. <laughs> no, no, because I've been there. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was at the peak of my anxiety, mm. when I was going through menopause mm-hmm. and just driving from work, from school, because I taught back home, I would have markers like. Lord, help me to get from this point to that point. And I use our church that we used to go to was like probably less than a mile from my school. Mm -hmm. And so I would, that was one of my markers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lord, just help me to get from school to church. And then I would rejoice that, you know, I made it. Yes. I made Mm -hmm. it here. Yep. And so I would pray again, Lord, just help me to get through this point to the next point yeah because I went through vertigo so bad and and the crazy thing is I was a realtor then too (laughs) and so 
my husband used to just drive me everywhere because I couldn't do it myself. Wow. And that, I mean, my husband couldn't do that for me every day. Mm-hmm. I still had to work. He still had to work. But then that helped me so much. Just knowing that he will take me from one point to the next. Yes. And give me enough strength and grace and keep me safe. Yeah. Till the next point. Yes. And it was just building my trust, building my faith in him. Yeah. And when I got home, I'm like, don't you know that God will take you from point A to point B? Right. And so, but sometimes I think, you know, you're, I thank you for your honesty about that. Well, some days we don't know, like we yes. don't know. And yes, depending on where we are. And I think it's so important to remember that we don't have to feel like we have enough strength to get through whatever we're going through. We just, when we feel ourselves running low, we just go get more. Because yes. he just, he wants to pour that out on us until it, mm-hmm. you know, just overflows all over us. But we'll forget. I always say my short-term memory when it comes to God's promises is so pathetic. Like it's terrible. Yeah. Like how have I been walking with him this long? And instead of choosing him, when I feel that anxiety rising, I choose something else, right? If it, until I catch myself sometimes and then go back to it and remember, because we are going to forget. He knows we're going to forget, but he also makes a way that we can re-remember and reclaim the peace that he offers us. Yeah. But then again, you, you go back to David. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And look at what he does. I mean, he cries out. Yes. And God gives grace all the time. Yeah. So if you want to ride a roller coaster, just read through the Psalms, right? They're just, (laughs) I mean, he just goes all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that's so refreshing because, yes. you know, a lot of times he is like, my enemies are all around. And we think about our adversary, the enemy who is all around. My enemy uh-huh. is all around. People are coming at me from every which way. I don't feel you close. You know, uh, my bed is soaked with my tears. Uh-huh. A horrible season. Yet you're good. And I yes. will praise you. And I will lift my voice in singing because you are my God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually embarked on the Psalms um, three months, four months ago. And at first I wasn't going to, because I know, you know, you know what I feel right about the Psalms, but then God used it to show me you can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You can be honest. Mm -hmm. You can be authentic Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. And I will give you grace. Yeah. I will forgive. I will give you peace. Yeah. I am your source. I am. I am. Right. Yeah. Who you need. Yeah. Your light, your shield, your guide, your strong tower, your shelter, your rest, your, yes, all of those things. And so many of the names of him or the descriptors of him yeah. are found. David calls him so many beautiful things and other psalmists too uh, call yeah. him so many beautiful things that are things we need him to be in our lives every day. Yeah. And so I think it's good for someone to really go through the Psalms mm-hmm. because there's so much that we can relate with. Yeah. With David. Yeah. yeah. So now with that, I know I want to keep on talking to you, but I know that we need to also get back to our time. Yes. <laughs> um, 
So is there something that you want to encourage, leave with our audience? Um, you know, you've been an encouragement already all mm -hmm. this time. But yeah. is there something that you want to leave with our audience? Um, a thought, a, an encouragement? Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. I think for me, I'll go back to this idea that we are not alone. Because the enemy, an isolated person, an isolated something is so much easier prey for an enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can know for sure that we do not walk alone, and even if you, um, my friend, the listener, are, are alone, like I, I know what loneliness is and I know what it means to be alone. I just want to encourage you that you, the enemy cannot separate you from your Lord. So yes. even if you feel like everyone has abandoned you, you are safe in the arms of your Lord and he will hold you close until maybe someone, him with skin on, if you will, you know, comes along to share this journey with you. Um, and I just really, I really encourage you who are the people around that you can share your struggle with, that you can walk this road with. Um, is it a faith community? Um, sometimes maybe it's in counseling something. I've certainly spent mm -hmm. my fair share in counseling to get some help that way. Is it a small group, a Bible study group? You know, where can you find community so that the enemy cannot tempt you to believe that you have to do this on your own? Thank you for that. Precious, precious words of encouragement. And um, so I truly appreciate your being here with me, Angie. It has joy. been such a blessing. Um, and um, for those who want to connect with Angie, please check out the show notes and everything will be there. Yes. Thank and you. again, Angie, thank you so much for this time. It has been a gift to me, Cecile. Thank you so much. You have been a gift to me. So I praise God for you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Of course, it would be amazing if you leave a rating and review. This will help more women find the podcast and grow in their faith and peace. If you're not sure how to leave a rating and review, click on the podcast app you're listening to and look for the ratings and review option. I'd also like to invite you to join my private Facebook group so we can get to know each other more. It's a great community where we can engage, learn, and grow together. Just hop on to at Digging Deep for Treasures, then enter your name and email and you'll receive an invite for the group. You can also connect with me on my website, CecileValoria.com, or on Instagram at, at ValoriaCecile. Thank you once again, and may you have a blessed week. See you next week.